Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, welcome back. And I've got Dr. Sue Varma with us. Uh, uh, first of all, can I call you Sue? Or yeah. you prefer Dr. Varma? You're okay with Yes. Good. Um, yeah. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, so, Sue, first of all, we, we found you after a great appearance that you made on the Today Show. We want to talk about mental health um, and get some of your thoughts on that for our, our, you know, our, our listeners and our, and our viewers. Uh, but first of all, yeah, let's just start out with if I can ask you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, your background and what you do. Go for it. Yeah. So I'm a board certified psychiatrist and a clinical assistant professor at NYU. So I teach medical students and residents. Um, and I'm also active with the American Psychiatric Association and I'm a distinguished fellow. So it's a great honor to um, to be recognized for the work that I've been doing. Um, early in my career, I started working with 9-11 survivors. So I'm interested in trauma uh, and that got me interested in the topic of resilience um, and optimism and overall general wellness. So as a psychiatrist, people typically think that we only deal with very sick patients. Um, but I have to say like my genuine love is in the idea of prevention. What are some daily habits that you can do? And in my private practice, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist, which means, you know, short-term time-limited therapy, helping people get tools, skills, resources so that they can really thrive in their life. So yes, a person might come in to see me when they're depressed or anxious or in the middle of a life crisis, but the idea is to move you past that life crisis and really help you have optimal functioning. So that's where I'm at right now in my career. You know, you mentioned trauma and obviously we're just coming, you know, hopefully um, out of the pandemic. So lots of trauma for a lot of employees. OK, um, give us, you know, give us an idea of what you're seeing and 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 how sometimes, too, it's like, again, I'm in my mid 50s. You know, people like us that run businesses, sometimes we don't understand, you know, the the, the trauma or the anxiety or the the fears that a lot of our um, our younger employees feel. Um, so just give me an idea of, 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 of what they are feeling, what this has been like for them, COVID, just to you know, set the stage for us. Yeah, so COVID, I think, has been hard for the vast majority of people, especially maybe people who are younger, people who are living alone, people who may not have a lot of social support. Um, I think, you know, I have had the um, fortune of being a psychiatrist over the last 20 years, and the world has changed considerably, not just because of 9-11, but because of the um, use of social media. So everybody, every young person is on social media. And what that has done is really created a shared language around words like depression, trauma, anxiety, and people are really savvy younger people, and they want to get treatment and they want to work for places that are sensitive to the whole person. So I think, you know, there was a lot more stigma when I first started working, but I'm noticing that in the last 15 to 20 years, people are feeling as if, they're, if, they're, if their boss doesn't recognize what's going on with them outside of the workplace, they're going to eventually lose interest and say, you know what, you don't see me as an entire person. You want me to just, you just focus on my work and my productivity, but I want to go to a place where like, I can have a little bit more of a work-life balance. I think one of the hardest things that people are dealing with is without a commute, some people were really happy. They're like, I love it. I, I love to work from home and I get to go out in the middle of the day and I can do my groceries. I can exercise. I can pick up my kids. So I think for a lot of people, it has afforded them more work-life balance. But what they've lost is the structure and routine and sort of like hard stops at the end of the day. And for a lot of people, they were working a lot more, longer and harder during the pandemic. So look, some of the benefits have also come at a cost. And the cost is to our mental health, to our 
like sleep schedules because we don't know day from night. We're staying awake till two in the morning. A lot of people have put on weight because they're sedentary. They're not social distancing from their refrigerators. So every time that they feel like they need a snack, they're bored, they're using food as a way, food and alcohol as a way of coping. So I think that it's been very isolating for a lot of people. And it has, even though they're working longer and harder, I don't know if that necessarily means that they're more productive. You know, it's a great answer. And, you know, it's funny because it, it dovetails into this whole debate over working from home right now and bringing people back to the office. I mean, it almost seems to me that you're saying that it, it, it really is healthier for our employees, at least, you know, at least on a hybrid level to get out of the house and come to the office. Does that does that make sense? Yes. And I think that, you know, there's all stages of readiness. I know tons of people who are like, thank God I have been waiting to go back to the office forever. You know, and it could be for any number of reasons, either that they're feeling very socially isolated or the commute gave them an opportunity to like prepare for the day, like the 45 minutes or half an hour, maybe they were walking and they had like more exercise and their steps were built in because they had to go to the subway or walk out of the subway or go up the stairs at their job. There was socialization built in those water cooler conversations, being able to organically grab a coffee or grab a lunch with the coworker because you just ran into them at the elevator bank. And having more organic conversations with people. If you had a question for a coworker, you would just turn around and ask them as opposed to having to set up a meeting. And then like, we're all, we've all got Zoom dysphoria, dysmorphia, Zoom fatigue. People are looking at themselves and they're having body image issues because they're like, oh my God, I don't want to look at myself that much. So there were all built in ways of thinking about the day and then unwinding from the day, having that commute. So I think for a lot of people, it's a mixed bag. Some people, we had so many adjustments. We had to go from working in an office, let's say hypothetically five days a week to not working at there at all, to then having multiple quote restarts, you know, and before each variant, we're like, okay, now we're ready to go. Pandemic is over. Nope. Sorry. Just kidding. There's another wave. So um, I think now people are having anxiety about returning to work because they don't know what to expect. They don't know if it's going to be five days a week. They don't. They feel that you know we're all all of a sudden we feel a sense of panic when we're surrounded by a lot of people because we have been understimulated you know for two years and now being reintroduced suddenly feels like a form of overstimulation. So I think like some sort of a gradual in between. Most people will agree that they want some flexibility and having some sort of hybrid option. You know, I, it's funny, um, COVID is really, you know, because of the uh, inconsistent type of data that we have gotten, I mean, a lot of people have been making up their own rules as to what they think is safe and not, you know? And, um, you know, uh, you know, I play squash with a guy, he's a professor at Penn in Philly, and his wife is still, like, refuses to eat indoors at a restaurant, is still very, very cautious. And I know a lot of people really feel that way. Then you've got the people that are just you know, no vaccines, no masks, just, you know, you know, you know, whatever. So as an employer, you've got to deal with this diverse sort of demographic of people. So, you know, first of all, you know, for those that are coming back to the office that are, that are scared, <laughs> you know, or that are overly cautious or that are saying to, to me, the employer, like, we need to have more, you know, everybody should be masked in the office. Everybody, I'm not, you know, whatever. How would you recommend that an employer deal with that? Yes. I mean, look, it's really tricky. And I think, you know, the one word I would say is deal with it sensitively, you know, and that means I yeah. want to hear what you're saying. Tell me a little bit about what your concerns are. What are you dealing with um, outside of work that makes you feel this way? And then you, it gives a little bit more of context because let's say somebody living with an elderly grandparent or uh, somebody who's immunocompromised, 
you might have a little bit more empathy because you're like, I get it. Like, I see where you're coming from. And um, right. sometimes people may not have that. They just say, like, I'm really scared of getting sick. If I got sick, I don't have anyone to take care of me. You know, so trying to understand emotionally where getting a little bit sense of perspective, I think, is very helpful. And then trying to work with them. Because I look, at the end of the day, as an employer, you want to get the work done. And if a person right. can really convince you to say, hey, I can do the work at home. I'm just as productive. And you might say, you might give pushback and you say, listen, uh, I don't, I, I disagree. You know, I think that there's something to be said about us coming together and then trying to figure out a way to make it work. You know, I, you know, I, I have patients from all walks of life and many of them are in your situation and they are, you know, I was sort of counseling them for two years about, okay, how do we navigate this? And then there's also like issues of like liability and like employers don't want to get sued and regulations and how much you can require. And there's no precedence and we're setting the precedence, you know, now. So, you know, I've known people who tried as much as they could to allow exactly what you're talking about. A person who's like, I don't feel safe coming back to work from home. And then at some point, it just wasn't feasible anymore. Like you really needed this team, you know, effort. So being very like saying, okay, I'm going to look at it a case by case basis and in which situation. And then to say like a hard, a hard no for you might be like, no, listen, I need at least once a week. I need twice a week. I need these days. You know, some people are returning to work on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So there's all sorts of variations, but I think if you can maintain flexibility with someone and then, then you, then you're being reasonable. And if it doesn't work out, you can say, I tried in every which way to accommodate you as much as possible. And if this is not working out, let's see what we can work out. What makes sense in the long run? Like, what are your long-term goals? And sometimes people will say, you know what? I didn't really want to be in this job anyway, or I'm thinking about mm. a different city. I think one of the things that COVID exposed is we really need to be living where we live, like in living in certain like high cost places. For some people, it just didn't make sense. And, you know, the city life brought with it something. And if that is stripped away, then they're like, well, what am I there for? You know, and being able to find more more affordable places and more remote work that is flexible and allowing for that. So I think we're really, and then our technology, we really like on some level perfected all of this work with Zoom where we're like, do we really need business travel anymore? If so many of these conversations can be had, I do believe that there's nothing as close to in-person. So like those in-person travel meeting the conversations you're going to have playing squash if this person happened to be your friend but if you use your business partner or somebody you're doing business sure the golf course you know that kind of stuff you can't you can't you know if there's no substitute um for some things but we can also be more flexible than we were before it's great um okay as a trained psychiatrist i mean you know i'm interested in your perspective as well on the platforms there's been because of all of this awareness about mental health uh, there has been, you know, this this proliferation of new technology platforms. I'm thinking of like BetterUp is one of them, the the one that Prince Harry, you know, is behind. Um, where you know you 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 pay like a fee for your business, and then your employees can get coaches, counselors, psychiatrists like yourself, you know, psychologists. I'm curious about your thoughts on that. I mean, is that do, do you think those are good things? Do you think they should be used, you know, in conjunction with you know actual medical? care. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts to employers that are considering those types of platforms? I think it's an amazing start. And you might find that a lot of people find it very convenient and very beneficial to be able to have these conversations like in the middle of the workday, like whether they're at home or in the office to be able to find a quiet space to dedicate 45 minutes to an hour. So I think what you're doing is when you're signing up for this is you're sending the message that number one, I really value your mental health uh, your mental health. I want you to be able to show up. I want you to be able to, because all of us have a story that and a, and a life that we navigate outside of the office. 
that we really need to be able to process. And if we're not processing, we are never showing up 100% in our workplaces. And, you know, they say for every dollar that you spend investing in an employee's mental health, you will get $4 return on investment back. So you're never going to lose money ever. And we know that, you know, United States alone spends in medical costs because of uh, absenteeism, presenteeism, showing up and not really being fully productive, about $200 billion is lost um, because of depression. So it's a very expensive illness and it's considered like one of the top disabilities in the world. So if you want to keep your people, depression affects head to toe everything, puts you more at risk for obesity, for um, cancers, for a heart disease, stroke, general inflammation in the body, shortens your lifespan by 10 to 15 years. So we know that if you really are invested in keeping somebody and is a good person, you want to maintain their mental health and their physical health. So by giving them benefits such as any of these platforms, which make it convenient for somebody. And then I think it's worth asking them to do a survey to say, listen, was this worthwhile? Number one, asking people, did you use the service I provided? Because I'll be, you'll be surprising. There was a study that came out within the last 12 months that said, survey that showed that even though page, um, employees were offered a lot of these assistance programs, a lot of them didn't use it. It was like a pretty high number. Hmm. So the first question is, did you use it? If you didn't use I would I would even take a survey if you can. If you didn't use it, why not? And did you not have time during the workday? So that's that's another thing I would say is if somebody says, you know, I have young kids at home. As soon as I get home, I'm on, you know, double duty. I don't really have time. Then, you know, do you carve out time to, to, to allow someone to do that in the middle of the day? And if they're going to an appointment, do they have that ability to leave if they're physically going in places? Um, but I think it's an amazing start and making sure that people are utilizing it. And then do they like the providers that they connect with? You know, we know that the Treatment is only as good as the uh, relationship and the rapport that the person has. Do they trust this person? Do they feel like the person is pushing them? Because that's really key. A lot of times people will come to me for second opinion or third and and they'll say, I went to other people and I just didn't feel like they were listening or they weren't or they were listening and they weren't doing much else. And I really need hands on treatment. I need advice. I need support. I need something more concrete and substantial. So I think, you know, there's a there's a website, psychologytoday.com, which is very helpful where you can enter all the demographics of what you're looking for in a therapist. And sometimes you can listen to their videos. So there's so many platforms and there's so many ways. I do think that telehealth is here to stay, um, which I think is great. Yes, meeting somebody in person is wonderful, but honestly, like we're moving into a different window where that kind of convenience may not exist anymore because there's such shortages in depending on where you live and being able to get getting in an appointment, there's long wait times, things like that. All right. That makes complete sense. Um, you know, you know, as an employer, I mean, clearly like I am not a trained psychiatrist or psychologist. Um, if I become aware of a mental health issue of a, you know, of a, of a, an issue, you know, with one of my employees, whether it just comes to my attention organically, or maybe some employee, other employee tells me like, Oh, you know, you know, uh, you know, Patricia's having a problem with, you know, whatever. What advice would you have for me as an employer for dealing with it? I mean, again, I'm a small business owner. I'm an accountant. You know what I mean? So it's just not what I do. Yeah. Um, what What advice would you have for me? You know, I would say, like, it, it really depends on the, the nature of your relationship, you know, because there's, there's so many sort of like, I think there's the whole territory of from a legal standpoint of view. Um, right. What, what my, my experience has been and these have been with, with my patients who work with larger companies is, you know, they may sometimes, you know, they have a third party that deals, for example, with disability, and they would have like a third party that handles that. 
So there's no questions asked in terms of like, why do you need time off? So I'm not even saying like, you may have employees that don't actually need time off. They just, you know, it's not like they're trying to take a leave. They're actually like a leave of absence. They may just need time to go. And you can say, listen, I want to have a meeting. Um, you know, is there a point person dedicated, you know, in your team of 10 that like handles these kinds of things, but just constantly reminding and having it, you know, someplace, if there's a message board or internet that shows these are the, um, these are the benefits that we provide. I mean, I think it's great. Like it's a harder discussion and a harder sell if you don't actually provide that benefit. But if you actually do provide it, there's kind of no reason. And, and the person may say, you know, I don't want to go through this app that, you know, this platform, but I have my own insurance and I want to find somebody in network or whatever it may be. But, you know, just checking in and saying, how are you doing? And I recognize that you're in a very sensitive position because you're the boss. So they may not want to reach sure. too much. And you could say, listen, I don't want to ask any questions. We're all human. We all have stuff going on. And, you know, one thing that I hear that helps a lot of people is their bosses modeling their own mental health treatment. So to be able to say things like, I've been through a rough time in my past. I have, there have been times when I have had to seek counseling. If you've had any experience, if you've had a positive one to be able to share something like, you know, not like the last, normalize it, normalize and say, you know what, to eat the last two years have been hard for just about anyone. And maybe you've never considered seeking counseling. But I think I know a lot of people that have benefited from it, you know, and I just want to remind you that this exists and I, I will support you and you tell me what you need. If you need some flexibility, if you need to leave like a little bit early one day or you need to take a lunch break or you need to take a break to be able to do this. And then for you to model that to show that you have a hard stop in your day, because a lot of times people will say I get mixed messages. On one hand, the boss is telling me to like take care of my health. But then at the same time, I think hmm. I'm working and everyone else working until eight or nine o'clock at night and they don't go home. So I don't want to be like, that's the one of the most frequent things I hear is how, how could I possibly end work day? That, that is one of the biggest barriers. And I'm not just talking about treatment, but like exercise, yoga classes. I have a lot of patients who say, I couldn't possibly sign off before seven o'clock. They would think that I'm a slacker and they've been working 10 hours a day and they're miserable. So, you know, it's interesting because I do get to hear the other perspective of people constantly complaining about their work situation and feeling like they can't have a life. So having those conversations to say, listen, I really do value, you know, there's something that I call the four M's of mental health. These are four daily habits, movement, mindfulness, mastery, and meaningful engagement, and being able to carve out time on a daily basis. And that movement, like I tell people, you need at least, you know, the recommendation is 180 minutes of exercise. That's 30 minutes, six times a week. Um, you, you have to do it. So if I think if you're able to share stories like, hey, I was up you know, early morning playing squash, I'm leaving early to play squash. Like if you're able to share those stories and model it, yeah. then that'll go like a lot further than just telling people about the benefits that exist. That's great advice. And, you know, it, it kind of overlaps with my, with my next question. I mean, you mentioned, you know, cause so I play squash a few times a week and I will stop in the middle of the day and, and play in the middle of the day just to like have a break, you know, to do that. And it, it is unbelievably helpful. I mean, it just clears your head and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever headache that you had at that moment, you know, it suddenly becomes like, what was I even worried about? You know, that was right a lifetime ago. I mean, all this conversation and all the conversations that I read are always about the employees, the employees' mental health, the employees suffering anxiety, you know, all that coming back to work, which is obviously fair and true. But what about the employers? You know, what about the business owners themselves? You know, I mean, what, what advice do you have for business owners, you know, post-COVID? Because we are dealing with not only dealing with our employees' mental health issues, but also dealing with inflation and finding employees to actually work for us and all the other stresses that you have and balancing your personal life. So, you know, 
do you think that you know? Do you think that more business owners should be taking advantage of counseling services similar to the ones that you might provide or, or others like yourself? Yes, I think it's really important. Like not only whether it be coaching or like, you know, for a lot of people, if there's stigma around mental health issues, they may not seeing a psychiatrist, psychologist may not be the first person. And what I like about some of the coaching platforms is that you can have some of the conversations more logistical without going very deep into the emotional part of it. But the emotional part of it is important. And so when a person is ready, it's worth, you know, getting a referral specifically to go deeper, because then you're going to be talking about all sorts of family issues or more on a, on a deeper personal level. But if, if somebody says, I'm not ready for that yet, but what's the lighter aspect of this, I would say coaching is a great start. And also coaching in a form of group coaching, I think, could be very helpful. Mm. There's a group of, even if it's a monthly, of small business owners that get on get together on Zoom, and there's a safe, confidential space with a moderator to be able to have a safe place to get together and to know that anything you're saying doesn't go outside. There are no, no one's named, but you can say, I'm really struggling. I have an employee who this, this, this. I don't know what to do. You know, like, where is that safe space? Again, I'm not the best person. You want, want to consult with the lawyer to find out, like, from the legal aspect and privacy issues and confidentiality, how does that work if people are talking about cases of situations that they're seeing? Um, but I do think that the bottom line is needing support. Like, I love the fact that not only are you taking the time three times a week to take care of your mental health in the form of physical exercise, which is also really comes down to mental health, but you're doing it with somebody else and point of connection. So like not feeling isolated because I can, I can imagine that business owners have been isolated, right? Like just from a, like from so many points of views and all the financial ups and downs that you're talking about. So you're experiencing tons, multiple layers of stress, financial stress, and then negotiating with people like every, at every little point. Um, And you're in charge of these, their welfare, you know, they, they spend, significant amount of their work waking hours you know and it's kind of like as a parent myself I I can't even imagine you know like I'm like I and I have been a boss I have added a, a clinic before and I I just I, I can empathize with what you're going through of like you care about these people you're not their parent sometimes that gets projected onto you that you're supposed to take care of them where's that line you know in terms of like you have a business to run and the same times you want to make sure that people are are doing okay and then you have to take care of yourself Great, great, great answer. Um, we, we need to wrap this up, unfortunately, but I, I, one final question for you. I have, you know, you're a trained psychiatrist, right? So that's, you know, that, that, that is a, a, a medical profession. I, from, a, from, from me, to, to go to you once a week or every other week where you've got no agenda, you're, this is what your profession is, you're not a family member, you have no interest in my business other than our conversations, um, that to me is like a very therapeutic thing to do. I can like talk to this woman for an hour and that's what she does for a living. And that's why I think business owners should be, should be really considering doing that. What is just, and again, it's an ignorant question, but it's just, I just want to make sure it's clear to me and also to my listeners as well. So, you know, do we need a psychiatrist? Do we need a psychologist? Do we need a coach? You know, who do you think is really for a business owner um, would be the best type of therapist obviously it's going to depend on the person i realize but what are your thoughts on that yeah so that's a great question and the best type of therapist honestly is the person you feel connected to that there's a rapport with and that you respect their background and credentials and you know it depends because some psychiatrists do talk therapy psychotherapy and some are sort of maybe more medication management focused and those may not be the person if you're saying i'm not on any medication 
I, I'm not suffering from any disorder. So that's the first thing is like, you know, going online, like, there's a lot of like quizzes on depression and anxiety to say, you know, these are symptoms and, and doing a self-assessment to say, you know what, I think I have some of these symptoms. Like my mood is low. I can't get out of bed. I'm loss of energy. So that's kind of where I feel like if, if your stress goes beyond just everyday stress and it's not like I can figure this out or, you know, maybe talking to somebody would help, but you're actually finding impairment in your functioning, then I would see a trained mental health professional. And that can be a licensed social worker. It could be a psychologist. It could be a psychiatrist. So like going online, like I mentioned, psychologytoday.com, you know, I don't have any investment with them. I'm just using, referring to them because so many people sure. I have referred to that to help them, you know, in other parts of the country, if they put in their zip code and you can see videos and there's so many platforms like this, so it doesn't have to be this, but really anything that gives you a glimpse into like, I like that person. They understand where I'm coming from. I feel like they would get me. They seem warm. So if it's a, you know, well-trained, smart and kind, good listener, and then ask them, what is their approach? Be like, how do you, do you give homework? How do you follow up with me? So me personally, I like to see some results and I, I like to get people, you know, going and I give them homework, but not everyone is like that. Some people are more what we call psychodynamic or psychoanalytic where you're discussing maybe your childhood and you're going back in time. So I think it really is about the fit. And then if you're not getting what you expected out of it to bring that up and say, Hey, you know, could we try a different approach? And if it doesn't work out, it's okay to break up with your therapist, right? You're not and in the end, your comfort level is what's going to uh, predict the benefit that comes out of it. Got it. Dr. Sue Varma, how can we get in touch with you? Um, I'm on social media. I do a lot of psychoeducation on that on um, Twitter and LinkedIn, Act Dr. Sue Varma. My practice is so busy, so I'm not sure if I... I'm taking on new patients, but I would love to. <laughs> I would love to stay in touch with your um, clients. But you know, feel free. I think Instagram is a great way at Dr. Sue Varma. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, so social media is the best way. And I put a lot of, especially on my Instagram, a lot of social media, uh, a lot of educational content. I also created videos on for MedCircle, which is a great online platform. I would check out all content. I did a six episode series on depression. One on uh, an episode episode series on cognitive behavioral therapy loneliness, anxiety, and there's a lot of other trained mental health professionals giving great advice. And it's one of the biggest mental health educational platforms. So medcircle.com and you could see my profile page and, and videos on there. Great stuff. Well, uh, Sue, thank you very much for joining us. Great conversation, great advice. Um, and I, obviously this is a this is a thing that will not be going away. And, and I think as you had mentioned earlier in our conversation with the growth of the internet and um, you know, the age of younger employees who are out there talking to so many people, there's just so much more of an awareness of this. So um, hopefully we'll be back and talking to you again in the future. So thanks for joining. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Gene. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.